0: you are listening to the bellator christie podcast brought to you by BellatorChristi.com. now join your host brian chilton as we enter the arena of ideas
1: Taking up the sword of Christian theology in the shield of classic apologetics, this is the Bellator Christie Podcast, where we take Christian truth into the arena of ideas. We thank you for joining us on today's podcast. This is your host, yours truly, Brian Chilton, and we thank you for again joining us today uh, for this episode. Uh, I want to let you know that the Bellator Christie Podcast is a production of bellatorchristi.com and is, uh, and is uh, protected under Creative Commons Copyright. And we give that information towards the end of the podcast. Uh, But anyhow, uh, we do uh, ask that you go and subscribe uh, at bellatorchristie.com. Simply go to the site, and there should be a subscription link at the top of the website as well as the bottom as well. So we do encourage you to take advantage of that. And by subscribing, you receive all of the articles and links to these podcasts uh, that are produced on a uh, weekly or biweekly basis. Uh, In the in your inbox uh, the inbox of your email absolutely free Uh, And we know what we're not asking for donations or anything of the sort uh, At least not at this phase in the ministry, Uh, but only thing we're asking is that you share the information Uh, Anything that may bless your heart Anything that may bless you or you find uh, interesting or informative uh, or even helpful We do encourage you to share on social media uh, whether it be uh, Facebook Twitter uh, and good gracious! There's there's so, there's so many social media avenues out there right now. Some of them of which I've never even heard. Uh, but uh, whatever is your social media platform of choice, uh, go by and share it. And if and if the link is not found on the website, let me know, and I will be sure to post it on there uh, if it's available. So. Uh, With a new website at bellatorchristie.com, there are new ways to share, uh, new platforms in which you can share uh, the articles and links, so we do encourage you to go do that. And again, subscribe. Also, you can catch this podcast on several different podcatchers, including iTunes, uh, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher, and always always looking for more um, platforms to Engage. So if you know of uh, something that uh, may be a good platform for the podcast, be sure to shoot me a line at uh, Brian Chilton at bellatorchristie.com. Or if, you, if you're friends on uh, social media and uh, if you're on Twitter, uh, you can catch me at Brian underscore Chilton. And uh, be sure to send, send me a link. Uh, and uh, of course, I'm on uh, Facebook as well. Look for the Bellator Christie site, uh, or you can find my own personal link there as well. But again, we do thank you for joining us today. Do have uh, I do have a lot of a lot of things to discuss today? I want to do a podcast here sometime in the future, and I thought about integrating it with this podcast, but uh, I think I'm going to hold off on that. I recently heard uh, a podcast by William Lane Craig where he's discussing uh, a message given by Andy Stanley, and there seems to be this ongoing uh, controversy brewing between Andy Stanley and uh, Albert Moeller, of uh, President of of uh, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, and I, you know, I really think that that. Andy Stanley may be going too far out. I mean, I don't think he may be given enough credence to many of the stories in the Bible. I think he may be um, dismissing a lot of things in the Bible that that are have more validation than what he maybe either knows or considers. Uh, and I think Albert Moeller is guilty of not hearing what Andy's primary points are where he's coming from. And so a lot of times this happens in theology. It happens in life in general, where we uh, we, we only hear a little bit of what is said, and, uh, and, and we take extreme views. And so I think there's a middle ground between these two positions. And so I want to hope to uh, do another podcast giving my two cents, for whatever it's worth, on this. But it'll probably come later in the month because we have a couple of excellent podcasts coming up for you here very soon. Um, on what happened there, something happened on the uh, computer. I apologize for that. But anyhow, um, next week, God willing, if nothing doesn't happen, and 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 this is going, this is uh, subject to change because uh, we have uh, some issues going on in our family that I'll address in a little bit. Um, that I want you to be much in prayer for. Uh, but uh, it, it, at least we're scheduled for, for uh, an interview coming up this week with Michael Bohm. Uh, th- those the podcast I did with, with Michael Bohm has just exploded on on Bellator Christie podcast. Uh, we, we've received a lot of listens on that, and uh, I'm excited about that. The next, and in fact, there are even I've even come across some individuals who have who have spoken about the great concerns they have with uh, with the occult with especially necromancy and talking with the dead. And so, uh, coming up, God willing, if nothing doesn't happen, uh, we're going to try to have Michael Bohm back on with us uh, next week. For next week's podcast, we're going to talk about the occult, the dangers of the occult, and why it should be avoided. And so that's coming up next week, and I'm looking forward to that. Also coming up very soon, uh, hopefully week after next, if we can get it worked out, Uh, We're going to have with us Ted Wright. Uh, We've had him on before. Ted Wright is an archaeologist who has been um, featured on uh, the History Channel as well as the Discovery Channel. He's going to be with us discussing some new evidences uh, as it pertains to the resurrection of Jesus, uh, pertaining to uh, the, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. He's going to give us insight on what was discovered, what was found, uh, in the latest excavation, whenever they removed the covering and explored the bedding of, of the tomb said to be, uh, the bedrock said to be said to have been the one that uh, held up the body of Christ before he rose from the dead. Uh, we're going to discuss that and we're also going to talk about a show that I've really been wanting to do for quite some time, a show on the Shroud of Turin. And this is going to be a great, a great, great, great podcast. I'm looking forward to that as well. So we have a couple of excellent podcasts coming up for you. So if God willing, if nothing doesn't happen, I'll try to have that commentary uh, on this issue of Andy Stanley and Al Mohler, give you my two cents for whatever it's worth, uh, probably later in the month of April, if uh, unless something else comes up, something more pressing comes up. So we'll, we'll look at that and... Um, God willing, just go how the Spirit leads. Uh, that's the best I can say right now. do have several prayer concerns I want to ask you to remember. Uh, we, we have had a lot of deaths and uh, soon-to-be deaths in our, in our community. Uh, some great people have passed. Uh, in fact, one of the most startling is a uh, young man by the name of Jake Steelman. Uh, he was only 21 years old and, pa- and, and passed away in his sleep. And I tell you, if I've always thought, and I've, and I've come across several who have said the same, that it would be nice to be able to go in our sleep. So if there was a blessing in that, it was a blessing that it, it, it as far as I understand, happened relatively painless. It was in a sleep. But, but a young 21-year-old uh, young man, a great man at that, uh, his family obviously is hurting this Easter season. And so I would ask that you would remember his family, Jake Steelman's family. Also remember, um, uh, I'd ask that you would remember me and, and another member of our church. Uh, her name is Faith Deal, and I don't think she would mind us uh, me mentioning this to you this morning. Her grandfather is in hospice, not doing well. Mr. Roberts is his name. If you would remember Mr. Roberts in your thoughts and prayers. And I would also ask that you would remember our family uh, my grandmother, Mildred Sisk, she is uh, on the verge of entering into her eternal home. And she she's ready. She's told us several times she wants to go home. She's battling uh, the end stages of Alzheimer's. And it's, it's very difficult to watch a loved one um, wither away uh, from this vicious disease. And it's a disease I, I, I'm sure, as I've heard many people say, is... It's more difficult for the family to watch than it is even for the person going through it. And of course, I've never had it. I hope I don't get it. It is in our family, which is always uh, uh, something that's on the back of a person's mind who has it in their family. You know, obviously, you don't. You hope and pray that you don't get it. And um, you know, there, there's a there's a line of the family that it follows. And and uh, we're, I'm just hoping and praying that you know, that I don't that I don't succumb to that. Uh, vicious disease myself and you know <laughs> the older i get the more i forget you know well, the more i forget and, and i'm inclined to forget and uh <laughs> but anyhow you know it um just pray for us and pray you know pray for grandmother You know, pray for that grandma's uh passing would be uh painless as painless as can be and that um that, that she would um I know there's not there's no doubt in my mind that she knows the Lord. We, we know where she's going. She's going to heaven. Uh, she's looking forward to it. She's even told us that several times. She has these bursts bursts of uh, of clarity where she can speak. And uh, although those are coming, uh, those are growing fewer and far between. Uh, but anyhow, if you'll pray for us, we would greatly appreciate that. The family of Mildred Sisk, a great woman. In fact, um, you know, she is an unsung hero. Uh, Many people will see my uh, grandfather; he was a pastor, and they'll they'll note his ministry. But I'm going to tell you, she is one who was working behind the scenes. He was what he was because Grandma was who she was. Um, So um, that's something. You know, I think there's something important for us to remember: behind every good man is a good woman. And I, you know, and I got to give a shout out to my wife, who's been a blessing to me. You know, and she's she's put up with me and <laughs> some late nights being on the mic, you know, interviewing and things of that nature, and uh, you know, put up with me working through uh, my master's degree and hopefully working on a doctorate sometime soon. But uh, uh, you know, if if you have a good godly spouse, you need to appreciate uh, you appreciate her, and and I tell I, I would tell anybody that. Um, that that a good godly spouse is is what makes a person's ministry. It really is. Um, it's a lot of times the people behind the scenes that that really give the uh, person standing up front and center the ability to do what they do. And that's what we mentioned uh, last, just yesterday. Uh, as we were talking about spiritual gifts, we're going through a series, and I'll have that air to air this Wednesday. Uh, last Sunday's message will air this Wednesday on the Billator Christi podcast, where we're going to talk about the church and the people of the church and how every person matters. So uh, I do encourage you to listen in Wednesday night. I think that's an important message that I gave, and uh, hopefully under the direction of the Holy Spirit, Uh, And I always pray before a message Lord give me the words I need to say And hold back any words I don't need to say But I do pray uh, But I do ask that if you will Check that message out I think it will be a blessing to you and it's very important for the church as well. So uh, remember all of those, if you will. And there are many other people who are sick and afflicted. Uh, you know, there's a couple other passings. I, I, you know, they won't come to my mind. And there you go, talking about the forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, again. But anyhow, uh, if you would remember them, we would appreciate that. Also, before I forget, I want to ask that you remember and think about. I don't have the commercial up and ready to go just yet. Uh, but uh, think about attending the national conference on Christian apologetics. 2017. This will be held October 13th and 14th at Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. This is sponsored by Southern Evangelical Seminary. And so, uh, if you'd like more information about this, go to conference.ses.edu. And there are several great speakers on tap, including Michael Brown, Norman Geisler, Gary Habermas, Ken Ham. Uh, Richard Howe, Greg Kokel, really looking forward to seeing him, uh, Richard Land, Timothy McGrew, Jay Richards, Hugh Ross, Frank Turek, Jay Warner Wallace, Dan Barker, J. Thomas Bridges, David Geisler, Juan Valdez, and a whole host of others. Go by and check out uh, conference.ses.edu. Uh, register by May 1st, and you'll receive a free gift Early bird pricing ends August 1st. So if you're interested, go check that out, conference.ses.edu, and you can call, uh, I think it's one, let me see if I can find it here. I always have trouble finding this. I think it's 1-800-77-TRUTH. But if you go to conference.ses.edu, they'll give you all the information you have uh, need, need there, and uh, that will lead you in the right direction. Okay, so um, the early bird pricing for adults is seventy five dollars. Uh, for student early bird is forty five dollars. So if you're a student and you uh, and you and you purchase your tickets early, uh, you have the forty five dollar fee, which is uh, really good. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I think that is. Uh, so just go there, conference.ses.edu. Listen, folks, I've been blessed. Bountifully by attending this conference for many years now, I highly encourage you to go check it out It'll be a great time uh, and we'll have more information about this as the time grows closer Okay, uh, at this time I want to um, take a moment And uh, look at, uh, ask the question Or look at the whole principle of the resurrection of Jesus We're coming close to the Easter season And, um, you know, the resurrection really changes everything. I've said this many times before. And I I was in undergraduate school. Uh, When I was an undergrad, I wrote a paper talking about how the resurrection changed everything. And it did. And as we talk about apologetics, we need to consider the change that took place in the early church's life. And I think that you, if you... And many people will say, well, how do you know that there was a change in these people? We have documents from from after the fact. Okay, how do you know there was a change? Well, through the writings of N.T. Wright, he wrote a massive book on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I think he calls it the resurrection of the Son of God. Uh, I can't say that I read every single word of the book, but I did read the vast majority of it, and it's a very good book. And in that book, he points out how we have to consider that uh, the church, when they first began, before they met Christ, they were, um, they were, they were inundated, they were um, uh, in the culture of Second Temple Judaism. Okay, so they would have accepted the core tenets of Second Temple Judaism. And I know that there were many different sects uh, in that time. You had, of course, the Pharisees. Or Let's just start with the Sadducees, which I all really question whether the Sadducees were really all that religious. Uh, The Sadducees were more of a political group. Uh, They were, I believe, in a manner of speaking, they were probably more deistic than they were theistic. Because they didn't believe in the interaction of God in the world. They didn't believe in the afterlife. They didn't believe in the judgment. They didn't believe in the uh, angels. They didn't believe in really hardly anything except for the fact that they believed that God started it all, that he gave us a law through Moses, and that was it. And I think there are problems even with that, because if they didn't believe in the interaction of God with, with humanity, then, then how could they hold that God interacted with Moses, which makes no sense. But Jesus called them on this several times. Uh, Even talking about the the uh, afterlife and how God says, "I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob." uh, That those guys are not dead; they are living with God. He would he didn't say, "I was the God of Abraham," but I am the God of Abraham, meaning that God exists and that the people existed with Him uh, in the afterlife. But anyhow, uh, you know, Jesus had their number, but but the Sadducees were really more of a were really more politicians, and they were interested in keeping the temple going. They were interested in in, in having a good relationship with Rome. They were interested in the money that came from the temple, you know, complex. And I'm not saying that all of them were bad, you know, because I don't think they were. But I think the Sadducees were greatly more of a political party than were some of the other groups. The Pharisees were far more religious, I think, in the classical term, uh, they believed in the interaction of God. They believed in the resurrection. Okay, they believed in angels and judgment. They they were closer to, and really the Christians probably came more from the Pharisaical tradition than any other. Jesus held more in common with the Pharisees than any other any of the other sects of Judaism. And of course, then you had also had the Essenes, uh, which were. Almost identical with the Pharisees, with the exception that they were monastic, uh, I'm sorry, monastic. They were monks. They had a monastic community. They were the keepers of the, of the Dead Sea Scrolls and Qumran. They were very uh, eschatological in their in their emphasis. They looked for the end times. And in fact, many scholars believe that the Essenes may have even been the true uh, the true priests. That were kicked out when rome came into uh, jerusalem and sold the priesthood to the highest bidder and so many people would argue that it should have been the essenes uh some of the Essene uh leaders who were in the temple rather than the sadducees but uh but but needless but nevertheless you had this belief system in the final resurrection you had this belief system uh, in, of, the, uh, of the end times, God judging the world, the righteous would reign with Christ, that, or, or would reign with God. Uh, Christ hadn't entered the sphere yet, but everyone thought that the Messiah would be a military ruler to establish God's kingdom upon the earth in a militaristic type fashion. They wanted a political savior, most people did, rather than the divine son of God. But what we see happening in the Christian church, those who were with Jesus of Nazareth, especially after the resurrection, was that there was a change in their lives. And there are three changes I think we find in the early church. Number one, I think there was a change in the apostles' theology. I, there there was a very important, uh, well, I think there's a couple of things that we can, we can consider uh, when we talk about this. Uh, first and foremost, let's go to John chapter eleven. Let me flip over to John chapter eleven. This is most of you will under, know that this is uh, the story talking about uh, the raising of Lazarus, raising of Lazarus from the dead. But there is an interesting conversation that happens between Jesus and Martha. In uh, verse 38 of chapter 11, reading from the Christian Standard Bible, which I love this new translation. I highly encourage you to go get it. You can find it at any bookstore now as it has uh, been released. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. He said, Remove the stone. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, there is already a stench because the, it, he, he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Verse 41, So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me. and But because of the crowd standing here, I said this, so that they may believe that you sent me. After he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, bound hand and foot with linen strips, and with his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to him, "Unwrap him and let him go." Now, um, again, okay. Now let's just go a little bit earlier in that passage, okay? Um, to the conversation that happened earlier. Okay, many of the Jews had come to Mary, um, Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. And as soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary remained seated in the house. When Then Martha said to Jesus, "'Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, or wouldn't have died. Uh, Yet even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you.' Jesus said, Jesus told her, "'Your brother will rise again.'" Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Now, here, there's the focus I was lo- looking for. She's looking at the eschatological emphasis of the resurrection. She's looking that the resurrection would take place at the end of time, when God would establish the new kingdom upon earth, okay? Okay. Uh, or, or the new heaven and the new earth, as it's understood, okay? But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who comes into the world. Now, the emphasis I was really, uh, at which I was looking for, or the emphasis for which I was looking in that passage of Scripture, is the fact that Martha held an end-time view of the resurrection, as did most Pharisees and the Essenes. And I would even open be open to the idea that they believed in some type of spiritual existence. Okay, But they didn't understand the ramifications of Jesus being the resurrection. They didn't expect the Messiah to actually rise from the dead. So there was no plotting of the early church. There was no planning because this took all of them by surprise. They did not expect this. They did not anticipate this. Yet this was God's plan to bring His kingdom upon the earth, which would be in and through His church. That His kingdom would be in and through His church uh, moving upon the world, proclaiming salvation to a lost and dying world. Okay, so Jesus explains to her that he is the resurrection. So he changed the resurrection, changed the theology of the early church. And by the way, they were all seen to be the Christian movement was seen to be a an early sect of Judaism. It actually it was it was uh, understood to be fulfilled Judaism. So Judaism and Christianity, Christianity is really fulfilled Judaism is what it is. It's not that the two are antagonistic. Uh, it's, it's actually that Christianity fulfills the promises made by God to the Hebrews and Israelites in the Old Testament. Okay? So so Jesus is, changed their theology. And we also find passages of Scripture after his resurrection, like, for instance, Luke 24. Let me turn over to Luke 24, and I encourage you to turn in your... Uh, Copies of the scripture if you have a copy available with you Luke chapter 24 verses 36 through 49 And we'll just focus, this is the story where Jesus is um, with the disciples uh, You know, he, he looked look at my hands and my feet, it's I myself, touch me and see It's because a ghost did not have flesh and bones as you can see and so um, they gave him a piece of broiled fish in verse 42. He took it and ate it in their presence in verse 43. Uh, in verse 44 and 45, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. So Jesus, in these in the 40 days after his resurrection, the 40 days he spent with the church after his resurrection, to the time of his ascension, he was explaining the the theology, the theological ramifications of his resurrection, of who he was, and what the prophets were saying all along. And really, when you go back and look at it, at the perspective that Jesus gave the church, it all really makes a lot of sense. So, the resurrection changed the apostles' theology. It also changed the apostles' mission. Okay, The mission was focused early on on having an earthly king to to having a a divine savior, okay? And so Jesus gives them the Great Commission, which is the commission that the church must uh, must be focused on. Uh, If we lose the impact of the Great Commission, then we have lost the mission of the church. The Great Commission is the mission of the church, simply put. The eleven disciples traveled to Galilee, verse 16, "...to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw Him, they worshipped, but some doubted. Jesus came near and said to them, "'All authority has been given to Me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you, and remember, I am with you always, even to to the end of the age.'" Okay, so their mission had changed. They thought that they were, were to uh, come about by military persuasion. In fact, Peter even... There were several times in the Gospels we see that the disciples were ready to storm the gates of Jerusalem and take it by force. When Jesus was arrested, even Peter grabbed a sword and cut off the Malchus, the, the servant's ear. And, and you find that in Luke's Gospel. But Jesus healed the servant's ear, okay, Jesus showing them that it's not to be taken by force; rather, the kingdom of God is the greater emphasis. Is the greater emphasis more even than than any political persuasion or political system? That the kingdom of God is what it's all about. Okay, and so the resurrection solidified the message of Jesus, and it changed their uh, it changed their mission. Uh, it changed the mission from fear. It changed to a mission of boldness. Uh, it changed the mission from one of military might to, to spiritual power, okay? And so, that is what... So, the resurrection changed all of that. It didn't just come to be by happenstance. The resurrection of Christ changed their mission. Also, the resurrection changed the apostles' comfort, Uh, For instance, you find uh, two scriptures that I think are very powerful. Peter, in just about every gospel, and I think it is in every gospel, it's shown that Peter denies Jesus three times. Yet, you see a beautiful story that John records for us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And praise God that God saw fit to have John record this story. Uh, There's this story of after the resurrection, they're back up in Galilee, it take a while to persuade the church to, to the disciples to go to Galilee, but they finally went to the Galilee. And when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Simon Peter says, Yes, Lord. He said to him, You know that I love you. Feed my lambs, he told him. A second time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said to him, You know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep he told them told him he asked him a third time simon son of john do you love me peter was grieved that he asked him the third time do you love me and he said lord you know everything you know that i love you feed my sheep jesus said truly i tell you when you were younger you would tie your belt and walk wherever you wanted but whenever you but when you grow old you will stretch out your hands and someone else will tie you and carry you where you do not want to go he said this to indicate by what kind of death peter would glorify god after saying this he told him follow me okay So there was a change in emphasis. If you look over in Acts, you see that that Peter stood up among the brothers and sisters, the number of people who were together, about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, it was necessary that the Scripture be fulfilled. He stands before the Jewish authorities. He stands out in public proclaiming Jesus of Nazareth risen from the dead. There's a change of focus in the life of Peter, but you also see a change of focus later on in the life of uh, Paul. And he says very poignantly in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12 and following, he says, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation is in vain, and so is your faith. Okay? Um... And so is your faith. Moreover, we are found to be false witnesses about God because we have testified wrongly about God that He raised up Christ, whom He did not raise up if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Those, then, who have fallen asleep in Christ have also perished. If we put our hope in Christ for this life only, we should be pitied more than anyone. But as, as it is, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For just as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. Okay? So, the point is this. The emphasis of the disciples were changed. And really the emphasis, our emphasis should be changed. The the, the changes that happen by the resurrection of Christ should also be the changes that come about in our life. If we have experienced the risen Jesus through the Holy Spirit, then our theology must change to be adapted to the biblical precepts and principles found in God's Word. We shouldn't try to change the truth of God's Word to meet our fancies. Rather, we should be changed by the truth of God's Word. Instead of trying to formulate our own mission, making the church what we want it to be, we should adopt the mission that Jesus provided the church because if the resurrection happened, we should know that Jesus is the leader of this movement called the church. And so it would behoove us to listen to and obey obey the great commission that Jesus gave the church in that, at that mountain in Galilee. And also, I think last and finally, and I think this is something that is really, that is really helpful to me, especially at this moment. You know, earlier I told you about my grandmother uh, being um, sick. I lost a grandfather this uh, last year in 2016, about the same time. This year, I'll be losing my grandmother, uh, who whom I have been um, to, to whom I have been closer, probably than even with my grandfather. My grandfather meant a lot to me, but I was probably closer even to grandma than I was even grandpa. And in fact, she was she was a prayer warrior, praying for her family. And I think my ministry is actually due in part to her prayers that she would pray for her family. That God would be glorified through her family. Okay? But the comfort I find is the same comfort that the church has found for two thousand years since the resurrection first take place or took place that death is not the end of our story. That through Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus in his resurrection, we have the hope of eternity. We have the hope that when we pass through the portals of death, there is something, or rather someone, waiting on the other side. We have the promise also that one day there will be a final resurrection that will take place. That when, after we pass through the portals of death, and and we experience the glories of Christ in in the paradise home we have temporarily, that one day Christ will return upon the earth and that our bodies, even if it's just a handful of dust, will be raised from the dead and transformed into a glorious new body, much akin to the body that Christ had when he first rose from the dead. He is the first fruits of the resurrection that Paul mentioned, and we'll take part in that resurrection one day. So really for the Christian, it's a win-win situation. To live as Christ, to die is gain, because we experience the glorious grandeur that is heaven. We will be with Christ in, in that glorious intermediate state between death and the resurrection, and we'll be with Christ after the resurrection. Folks the resurrection changes everything. And if we focus upon the resurrection of Jesus this Easter season and the apologetics and the truth of the theology based around the resurrection of Jesus, then folks, it changes our perspective on life itself, on death, and even eternity. And so it's my prayer for you this Easter season that you'll focus on the resurrection of Jesus. As Gary Habermas says, Remember the resurrection, and remember the the powerful truths found therein. Well, this is Brian Chilton. You've been listening to the Bellator Christi Podcast, brought to you by bellatorchristi.com. We'll see you back next time. Life, liberty,
0: and the pursuit of happiness. Our great nation was built on these simple principles. So was our university. Find your greatness at Liberty. Online or on campus, discover more at liberty.edu. It's the difference between a job and a career. The Bellator Christi Podcast is a production of bellatorchristi.com and is protected under Creative Commons copyright. All rights are reserved. The views expressed by guests on the podcast are of those expressing them and may not represent those of the host Bellator Christi Ministries or its affiliates. The theme played on the podcast is the song Epic and is produced royalty-free by Sound Studios, found at bensound.com. Visit bellatorchristi.com and subscribe by entering your email to receive all the articles and podcasts in your inbox absolutely free. This podcast can also be found on several podcatchers, including iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We thank you for joining us today. For Brian Chilton, this is Burl Childers saying God bless, and we'll see you next time as we enter into the arena of ideas.